Mystery, a show about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cammy. Hey, Cammy, welcome back. Hey, Bryant. Yes, we're back. We are. It's been an, uh, a couple months now. We took a little hiatus, lots of life stuff going on, but we have a fun topic that we just wanted to get out. When was it? February. Oh, my God. That's when we last yeah, published. Yeah, it's like four months ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's been wild. Well, yeah, we're in summer, uh, and as we're melting away, we're here to talk about some fun stories. We've got some time now, so let's just jump right in it. Cammie, uh, we're not going to, we're, we're just going to go. So if you don't know the show, Cammie's going to give us a story, then we're going to have a little discussion about the topic, and then we're going to ramble on for another 35 minutes as we catch up as friends. So Cammie, uh, hit us with that story. Absolutely. Surely he hasn't much longer. Cyanide works quickly and the dose was large. The doctor advised using more because the man was so towering and used to drugs. I'll never forget those pinpricks of eyes growing larger as he plucked up a sweet cake and put it to his nose. He commented that the cake smelled of almond. The doctor and I held our breath, just praying to any god but his that he would eat. And as soon as he took it, he took a third and a fourth helping as well. The relief turned to mad laughter, permeating the room. That's where we are now, waiting, laughing. He was laughing too. Inside I was dying as I struggled with what comes next. What do you do with a body, and a body this large? He already smells. We have to dispose of him quickly. His voice broke my thoughts. Are we just having cakes? Offer me some wine. I looked to Dr. Lazarbert, disguised as my chauffeur. He sort of shrugged and shook his head. I quickly apologized and fetched him some wine in a laced glass. He hesitated to drink. I put, he putting this too under his nose. Almonds. He hung on the word, as if he knew what it meant, but he downed the glass. He stood and started to cough. Are you all right? I asked. He waved me away with his hand. No, no, the wine is good, just dry on the throat. Lazarbert seemed concerned, but mostly confused. I felt the same. I kept pouring him wine, and he kept drinking it, until there was only one poisoned and one clean glass left. I had been pouring out my wine when his head was, was turned so as not to lose my faculties. With this pour, he locked my eyes. He knew, I know he knew, and his hatred filled me with dread and something else, a warmth. My eyes were heavy. I felt numb. I lost time, and when I woke again, he was seated in exactly the same spot, his leer of hatred replaced with the gaze of quizzical interest. He looked to my guitar and asked me to play. I did hesitate. He requested something cheerful, but all I could manage to strum were the solemn notes of old folk songs. He enjoyed it nonetheless. He asked me to play another. How long could this go on? My friends waiting upstairs began to grow louder and more restless as time passed. It was 2.30 in the morning. He should be dead by now. I excused myself and told him my wife's guests were being too loud. I would see them out. He nodded. As soon as I opened the door, I was bombarded with questions. Yes, he ate and drank the poison. No, he's not dead. I don't know what went wrong. Neither did the doctor. We decided the only course of action was to beat him to death. The brutes. But we lost our nerve as we opened the door. Dimitri handed me his revolver, and I hid it behind my back as I descended to the staircase. I spoke first and said the guests were staying a bit longer, but had promised to keep down the noise. I turned my head to the crystal crucifix on my wall. His gaze followed mine. Such a beautiful piece. It must be worth a fortune, he said. 
but I much prefer some of your other treasures. His eyes moved to a curio in the corner. No, Gregory. You should focus your eyes to the Lord. Pray. His head turned slightly, cocked like a dog. Then he focused on the crucifix and bowed his head. I drew the gun from behind me, pointed it at his heart, and pulled the trigger. My friends rushed down the stairs to see the man lying on the floor. Life had left him. We hurried to take his body elsewhere, back to his house in case the secret police had followed us, but just then I saw him twitch. His eye forced itself open. The doctor said, these things happen in death. But then his other eyelid did the same, and his head jerked in my direction. Then the man rose violently and cornered me, his hands grasping for my throat, but missed and landed at my shoulder. His grip like that of the devil on a damned soul. I finally freed myself and called my friends back to join me and the doctor, but the man turned his ire into self-preservation and leapt from the secret courtyard entrance. We split up and covered every possible avenue of my grounds. Dimitri followed me with a revolver. I grabbed a club that we had placed on the stairs just in case and rushed after the demon. Upon entering the courtyard, I heard four shots and saw a man crumpled in the distance, then a silhouette of someone raining blows upon, upon the mass until it seemed to be over. I felt faint and Dimitri led, to, led me to my chambers and told me they would take care of the rest. I drifted into a fitful sleep. The morning light pierced my window like his serpent eyes. I shot up. Dimitri had returned, and my other friends and the doctor were just outside the door. He wordlessly handed me the morning paper. It read, Evil defeated. Russia restored with the death of Rasputin. Finally, the mad monk, the devil himself, was gone. And my source for this was alexanderplace.org, Lost Splendor, by Prince Philip Yusupov. And it actually has the entire book there, if you want to you know, delve into okay. it yourself. No, that's amazing. So is is this, what is that work? It's basically the first-hand account of someone, of the who person is, who killed Rasputin or plotted his death. That's really Let that's me wild. look this up because I can't remember if Philip... Yeah, so Rasputin's who we're talking about. And which, I, I it seemed like such a really good obvious choice because he is, it is quite mythical and legendary. Uh, people of the time, you know, this is the early 20th century, thought he was... In fact, you know, many people believed him to be a mystic of some kind. Um, you know, he's he was born in Siberia. He's Russian, uh, and he had the, the the royal family, the Tsar, and his wife. Kind of, he got was able to get into their inner circle, and it it, it kind of came about because their son was sick. He uh, was a hemophiliac. You know, um, ble- bleeds too quickly, essentially, and somehow. He was able to cure this. Now it, it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, I, I looked through sort of the regular Wikipedia Britannica and History.com had a, a fun write up on it, and they believe essentially it probably was due to their, their son Alexei, the hemophiliac son. He probably was taking aspirin, like so. His his the son would get sick. Aspirin was like the catch all. It's like ibuprofen today. Um, <laughs> aspirin would you know they would give him aspirin because that was just such a good thing to take, and for most things it would be good, but. Aspirin's a blood thinner, makes you bleed even faster, makes it worse. So he probably threw like a combination of they, – they, they mentioned hypnosis too. I imagine like a sort of meditating hypnosis, getting off the aspirin, just sort of normal chilling out, not, you know, intervening. Probably did help their son out a lot. But during that also, I, I mean, this 
Rasputin was was older. He already had a presence and a reputation, and he he told the royal family that like he was linked to the son and to them. And so from that point on, it kind of came in. He was essentially the physician for the Tsar. And later in World War One, the Tsar would take personal control over the army. So his wife uh, would was like sort of in charge while he was gone, and that's especially when um, Rasputin was able to really impose uh, himself. On, on the family. I mean, he, so about Rasputin in general, um, he was born in, in 1869 in Siberia. He was born Grigory Yefimovich, um, would later change his name to Rasputin, which means the debauched one. He, he was totally into his lifestyle. And it's, it's, I, you'd have to really read, I think, to see if, if this guy was like the grifter of a lifetime or was truly believing this. I'm, I'm guessing it's um, mainly the first thing, but a little of both. Uh, you know, Russia followed the Eastern Orthodoxy. There's your Byzantium reference. Um, they, he, when he was 18, he went through a religious conversion, and after that, uh, sort of hoofed it around Greece, Jerusalem, sort of living off the streets, and and was known. He he got this holy man reputation. They called a steritz, or um, uh, which which is like a. a a self-proclaimed holy man, uh, an elder, and he he was saying he was a healer, and and so so on and so forth. So he ended up in Saint Petersburg, and then the rest is sort of history with with the son and all that. And yeah, he so so Rasputin, he had this like I he he expressed that he believed that you were closer to God after you got like you you got drunk, you screwed, you you, you had to like expend yourself, and it was like during your hangover was when you were closest to God, and I. I I, that kind of makes sense. I don't know. Like I, I, I know if I drink too much and I'm in the morning, my head hurts. I, I do feel. I don't know. It feels like divine intervention would be needed, and and that that's how he lived his life. He he would express that uh, physical contact with him had healing uh, notions. So you can ex- see how that went. But he, this guy, really got his hands uh, around the the Tsar and the Empress, and I knew that, and I think a lot of us know that. Um, there's that the Disney movie uh, that that portrays him as the villain I, I think that does kind of a good job I mean this guy is a character for sure what I thought was interesting or, or what, what is interesting was I didn't realize that the public was so into it like I felt like it was more hidden but no it was it was very public there's actually like propaganda posters that have Rasputin I wonder if I can pull it up real fast for the video that have Rasputin like it's it's a caricature of the Tsar and his wife and then Rasputin like towering over them almost like a puppet master yeah exactly exactly in fact when I was like trying to remember it I thought that that's what it was um at first was was like a a marionette kind of thing. So that was what was really surprising was th- this wasn't a secret. It, it was it was very out there. But the Tsar was totally just like, no, he's a holy man. He's not, uh, you know, a crazy guy. A group of nobles did eventually decide to murder him, and it did go as horribly as it, it's it tried. They they tried to um, use cyanide. No, is it was it cyanide? Cyanide tastes like almonds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, cyanide, which is known for having the the taste of or the smell of almonds and the taste of almonds. And supposedly the doctor, it was describing how he showed the men like what he was doing and he yeah. broke up the crystals. Um, I'm imagining he had like like an alchemy set up oh, and he's sure. breaking up the crystals in like a, a mess, mortar and pestle right. situation. And then he's like putting it in between the cakes that Rasputin loves. Like these are like his favorite cakes. But in the story that I actually misspoke earlier, I said Philip, it was Felix. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so the story, um, he refused the cakes at first, but ate something else. 
And then he refused the wine at first, too. Mm. And um, so he drank a wine that was not in the poison glass, but he refused the one from the poison glass. It was very strange, like yeah. almost like he knew it was happening. Sure, sure. But it was ju- he just didn't. He's well, like, oh, well, I guess it's my time. <laughs> but it's not because I'm going to keep rising from the dead. And that's it. Yeah, apparently. So he had he had several like doses of the cyanide. He was shot in the chest. They left him for dead. But a short time later, he apparently was running around the mm-hmm. palace grounds. And then they eventually shot him and beat him again. Finally, because um, he was still alive, they tossed him into a freezing river. Um, his body was discovered several days later. Uh, and two of the conspirators were exiled. So even I think everyone at that point was just like... Can you just leave? I mean, we're not, you know, like, just thank you, but you got to go. Like, um, it, yeah. it was wild. He, he described the police coming and oh, yeah. he had to tell the police that one that he was having a party and mm. uh, one of his party goers got too drunk and shot a dog is what he said because oh, they, were, okay. they heard all these gunshots. Britannica mentions, too, I mean, several attempts were made on his life. This wasn't the first time. Um, I, I, I think he really had the ear of the royal family and that that was obviously a huge problem i i don't i don't know exactly what he was really sort of saying i I mean he really just kind of propped himself up he um according to the to this source yeah he was basically putting russia in a really bad position um with germany sure and um giving germany too much power okay so yeah. Yeah. So you know, um, the Tsar Nicholas is the cousin of the German Kaiser. I don't, I don't know if you knew this, and they are both cousins with King George. So it was a really weird uh, World all the War Ton. Like royals are all related. Queen yeah. Victoria. Yeah, these were Queen Victoria's grandchildren, and they were all cousins. And what was really weird, they all look very, very similar, especially when they don the beard. It is it is crazy. You've really got to see. I'm, I might be able to pull up a picture real fast, and that that's a really good turnaround of why I actually kind of wanted or what what can helped kind of remind me to talk about um, this was I saw a couple uh, months ago the King's Man uh, movie came out, and um, this film uh, it was it's funny it was supposed to come out in like 2019 but the pandemic pushed it back um, way far. And so it finally hit theaters at the end of last year, and then my brother and I uh, got it. We we watched it, and it it was quite fun. It, it's a continu- or it's like a prequel to the Kingsman series. Um, it's a movie by Matthew Vaughn, and uh, the Kingsman um, were kind of like you know comic book turned movie uh, play on James Bond, secret agent stuff. The first one I really enjoyed. Second one not so much, and this one was really fun too. And this one is set during World War One. It actually has Rasputin in it. Um, actor Welsh actor Reese Evans um, plays Rasputin. He looks fantastic too. He's big and ominous and crazy. And um, they, you get to see the murder scene. That that the it kind of plays out the way uh, you described. They they try and use the cyanide. It doesn't work. They shoot. It's really fun. The, the movie was good. It was a little long. Um, and and some of it, the 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 villain of it, I think, was a little fantastical. It, it was a it was a fun film, fun historical. It's it's a, it's a comic book based off of real life history, but it it, it plays up the whole um, the cousins of uh, England, Germany, and Russia and their interactions. And there's a lot of truth behind it too, a lot a lot of well historical accuracy behind it. And that that's really what did it for me was like we we should talk about Rasputin. He's an absolutely crazy dude. Yeah, this this was just it's like stranger than fiction with the happenings of these three family members being the rulers all trying to like murder each other too uh in in warfare and yeah Rasputin getting in as this holy man um 
I, I love Which it. Which King I, George it was, was? Are you talking the fifth or the sixth? I think it was the fifth. So Queen Elizabeth's grandfather. Queen Elizabeth's grandfather, correct? Okay. Yep, King George V is what it would have been. And then um, Kaiser Wilhelm, that was the... Yeah, there we go. King George V. I feel v. like that was like the last king of Germany or something. He was Wilhelm, the last, right? he was the last like monarch. Yeah, the last... Yeah. Yeah, because afterwards, um, these dudes called the Nazis took over. Yeah. Let me tell you about them. That's another podcast episode right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It, so um, that was one of my favorite parts of the film, The Kingsman, was... Uh, they actually they get one actor to play all of. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, because that. okay, they do. Funny. They look so similar. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I, have I've to gotta, look them up. You said it was King um, George V. I don't on. know yeah. what he looks like. Let me. I'm gonna pull up a picture here. I've got I've got a good picture here. I'm okay. gonna share my screen again and I'll pull it up and then you can see the, the, the people that are listening on like Apple. Or like, I know. What? <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I'll. I'll like here. This. This one here. So yeah. There's Kaiser Wilhelm II. That. That, that doesn't look quite as much. He doesn't have the full beard. But then sure. King. But look at King George and the Tsar. Yeah. I mean that's them. T- look. That that's, is. They, they're that's twins. The same person. Yeah. Yeah. They could have just swapped and nobody would have known. Right. Yeah. Hey, then, I don't want to run. <laughs> I don't want to run England anymore. <laughs> I know. And then, um, the actor that plays him, Tom Hollander plays all of them okay and he has the full beard and that was really just great that was a really smart choice that they made um for that oh infinite loop there we go and and, and i watched like some of the bonus features of them talking about that what's funny was that actor played him in um not the crown maybe it was the crown some other big show so he got to replay king george but also the cousins it, it was fun it, it the mo- i really recommend watching the movie it, it's not it's not the best, but it was it was pretty good. Matthew Vaughn, the director, he's really good. He has these battle scenes that are very like cinematic and and just and kind of wild. And there's this really wonderful scene. Oh, wonderful! There's a, there's an amazing scene that's in the trenches of World War One. There's a mm-hmm. there, you know like the the battlefields in France or something like that. And these soldiers are sneaking into no man's land. So you know there's there's the trench, my trench, your trench, and then there's the no man's land. Right. Well, these guys are trying to make contact. And so they, they both sides are have like a team of like six guys that are crawling and they, they can't have any metal, they can't have any guns, they can't make any noise because then one side will freak out and start shooting and just rip everybody up. So they have this silent hand-to-hand fight in the middle of no man's land in the middle of the night and it's just like it's it, the camera angles the action it's really cool and um ralph fines he plays uh, the main character he does a great job too and but yeah reese evans the welsh actor who plays rasputin um it, really really funny i i he did a really good job it, it they they do a good job of like showing the imposingness of rasputin the idea that he had the uh the mysticism he he does like heal in the it too so it's it's weird it's it's just weird it, i love this it. was a time i think everybody uh probably needs to know this if you don't already this was a time when people like believed in things like seances and yes this sort of occultism that we don't we don't think about today. Absolutely, yeah. I had this in my notes actually, and I, I didn't mention it earlier. The, the the especially the aristocracy. I mean, the aristocracy and like you know a peasant alike would go to the occult, and so someone who who could really convince them was as well as Rasputin did. I mean, it, it was it was pretty wild. This this guy had was an opportunistic son of a bitch for sure. Like I mean, he really had took it over. Um, and and yeah, it, it's just wild that it actually happened. It reminded me. I tried to Google this. I the the president of South Korea, the former president, President Moon, or the one before that. It might have been the one before that. Who I, I can't remember. There was a um a scandal because 
the the a, a former president, a recent former president of South Korea, got into some trouble. This I, I remember we we talked about this in one of my political science classes um, a few years ago. They got into a political scandal because they were like in friends with this person who was like a, a sort of in the mystic fortune telling sort of thing and mm-hmm. but there was money being traded and handed over and all that so there was a lot of no no with that but it, i mean it just shows you like it these people the like if you're in a position of political power there's so much stress on you and someone who knows how to abuse that and and use like mysticism and and all that kind of stuff i mean and it's the it's the eastern orthodoxy there's a lot going on there like i said byzantium's involved you don't mess with that. That's wild. You don't question it. So it, it's it's wild. Rasputin, very cool. Uh, I there's a ton on there. Um, I, I like I, said, I reference um, Wikipedia Britannica, some of the other um, sources, but there's a great book looked at too. To Kill Rasputin by Andrew Cook um, is a short, a relatively shorter book that talks about it as well. Um, I was interested too. A lot of the sources are like histories of the Soviet. Uh, you know, Federation, things like that, that, that include him. He, he, Rasputin's a very important historical character for this, even though, I mean, because it was days after his death, the Romanovs were murdered, I believe, um, just a few days after his death. So Yeah, I'm not it, sure on the timeline, but it was pretty close, because people were so worried about the whole Germany situation. Yeah. And they wanted, you know, a different reign to take over, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot. It was a lot. I wonder how much he was like helping the Romanovs stay in power too. Well, um, and then the um, Felix, uh, what is his last name? <laughs> um, something to Yusupov. Be- uh, he he was talking about how they all sat down at the table later and were like, "Okay, this is what we have to do." Yeah, like after Rasputin died basically they were right. they were all the royals up. were sitting down and like figuring out what what to do next yeah yeah it's it's wild this is the yeah this, this is a time where a, a table of nobles could or aristocrats could decide a country's fate it, it was a wild time um my my last thing i'll mention too was uh there there was there there is like a theory i don't think there's any evidence really that uh, the british planned the assassination which is funny because that they they did in the film the king's man it, it was the british that that carried out at the very least uh with the, with the blessing of the nobles and the help of them but uh it doesn't seem like there's any correspondence because i like a lot of that stuff was made public from the time and it doesn't seem like there was anything i'm sure that they wouldn't have minded murdering him back then but i it doesn't seem like they were involved so there was a question about the gun mm-hmm. um you know he got it from the guy dimitri and i don't know how well he knew this dimitri person if that was dimitri's real name if this was like a british spy or whatever true but the gun and the bullets used in the gun were british issued oh supposedly okay so that was where a lot of the confusion came in it was like this is a british bullet this is a british gun sure yeah i'm sure after the uh after the, the, they they would be the ones because to, to blame you know um england was really worried about germany so if if someone like Rasputin was trying to say like no you know like take care of Germany well that's the, you know they're good that's that's what'll happen and then yeah Brit- Britain would want to intervene if if that's if someone like Rasputin was saying yeah get Germany to invade England um, for sure so I love it well Cami thanks for your story that was really nice that was a fantastic source what was the it again do you have it handy yeah so it is let me just, so I used the English translation obviously uh-huh. um alexanderplace.org is the website and then it's called lost splendor by uh prince felix yusupov awesome 
so that and it's a firsthand account of someone who was involved with the conspiracy so that's that's why yeah that's a wonderful literally is the guy who's like i pulled the trigger that's fantastic yeah that well that's great so everyone we hope you enjoyed that um we it has been a little while we apologize thank you for everyone for supporting um We've, we have had lots of well wishes since I, I'll, a little like housekeeping talking. I mean, that's you know, Cammy and I had been really busy. Um, we're going to try and record uh, a couple over the summer um, up into the fall. We're going to just see how things go. What we've seen, though, is I, I've been watching, you know, just kind of maintaining things, especially on YouTube. And I'm it just kind of blows me away. A lot of our shows are, are, are getting hits. Do you can you guess which one has the most? I know you know it. Yeah. Well, you told me. If you didn't tell me, I would assume a different one. But yeah, the um, Sahir. It was the Sahir episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the one up Black Magic in Morocco. I love it. Um, we've we just had a lot of great comments too. I, I love this, especially because it's an older one. The audio is kind of crummy. It's it's not a video one. It's a it's a just a still image. But a lot of people have enjoyed it. Um, almost a thousand views. Our our biggest video and Sandman mythology was really big too. Um, that was the one that you did. Oh, that we did that one together. That one has had a lot of hits. So it's been great. Either way, all of the episodes have been getting some great contact. Uh, if you ever have a topic you'd like us to touch specifically, let us know. Um, I, I'm trying to work on getting our old catalog up to snuff. Some of those old episodes are just rough, and I, I just don't like getting them out there. But obviously, people enjoy like hearing some of it. So if there's something in particular though that you think we should discuss, let us know. Mystery. Um, that's you know myth. It's up here written, if you can see me. But uh, if you're listening, it's myth and then story with an IE, all one word. Just let us know. We'd be happy to talk about it. We're, we're going to try and get some episodes, like I said, the next few months um, at the very least if if life doesn't get in the way. But we really appreciate everyone. It's going to be fun to publish this now uh, here in July. Yeah, that I think that's about uh, all I've got. Um, Cami, is there anything you've got for me? Yeah, I just want to say hey to David. Yes, yeah. Hey, David. <laughs> You're the best, um, our biggest fan. All right, everyone. Well, we'll see you next time. Oh. Oh.